Hello, everybody. Welcome to Namaste Real. This is Jay, and I'm here with Lisa Manning. Hello. Um, Lisa's new to our studio. Um, I guess you've been here for, what, a month or two, maybe? Uh, October. Okay. Yeah. And you moved from Florida, right? Yes. Yeah. So we're really glad to have her as part of our studio. We welcome you. Thank you. It's so good to be here. And we were thinking that this would be a fun way for us, us, I say us, you and me, to get to know Lisa a little bit better. So one of my first questions for you is, why did you get into yoga? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I always never really thought of yoga. Um, I grew up always into the gym, always, you know, back in the 80s it was aerobics, and then mm -hmm. in the 90s got into the gym, and um, always been big into weightlifting, gym, gym aerobics, You've always been that fit. Always You've always done a fit. lot of different always. things. Yeah, I was in sports when I was in high school. That's um, one of my later questions. Ah, but um, yoga was just nothing that interests me because I always thought yoga was laying around the floor stretching. Mm -hmm. yep. I was like, I don't want to do that. So in 2017, or 16, I apologize, 2016, a good friend of mine started taking yoga in Atlanta. That's where I was living at the time. And she's like, you need to do yoga. And I was like, no, I'm not doing yoga. I'm not laying around just stretching. That's not for me. She's like, no, 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 I'm telling you, you'll love it, you'll love it. Well, I, I didn't do it. I took it one time, and I was like, eh, okay. And then I just didn't take it again. And then in do you remember how old you were? When was that? Um, yeah, that was, well, that was in 2016. Okay. She asked me to take it. Yep. And then, um, and this was at a different studio. It was at um, a studio that is no longer there. And um, in, where was that? It was in somewhere in Lawrenceville, Winder, I think it was, anyway. And so, um, she asked me to go again, and I, I just was humoring her because I wanted to quit bugging me. Mm -hmm. So I went again, and it was fun. It was it wasn't a yoga class. It was more like it's like a Pilates. So we did mm -hmm. a lot of you know repetitive like lunges and squats and things like that, which was right up my alley. So I enjoyed that more. And then that studio closed down, and so the teacher, a couple of teachers that were there, were going over to the one of the teachers was going to actually open up a studio in downtown Lawrenceville. And it was going to be a hot yoga studio, which I've never done. And so my girlfriend was like, you've got to come try this. And she opened in August of 2017, I believe. Yeah, it was 2017. And, I, and when she told me she was going to do this, I was like, no, I don't think I'm doing that. Well, my son, I had a, a middle child at the time. He was 18. In 2017, he died in March. And uh, not March, I'm sorry, May, May 26th. And I was just obviously distraught, you know, devastated. Um, devastated, all those words, still am, it's only been four and a half years. And I don't, I mean, you never get over it. No, you never do, never. Um, and I don't ever want to, mm -hmm. you know, that means I'll forget about them. So. Yeah. And I know I'll, that'll never happen. But anyway, so after he passed, um, I had a hard time, obviously, controlling the blood pressure. And I was like, ah, and I... I didn't matter how many times I went to the gym. I still could not get rid of any kind of anxiety, panic attacks, those mm -hmm. kind of things. I knew it had to deal with, I was still obviously in shock and grieving. So I thought, you know what, I'm gonna try hot yoga. Why not, why not? So I went to the hot yoga class. Um, it was probably September, maybe, no, it was August, because I remember it was August, and it was hot as hell in Atlanta. Yeah. And one of the hottest places on earth is Atlanta in August. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. I was pregnant yes. in August in Atlanta. <laughs> I was too. <laughs> and um, 
I remember I was in Down Dog. The heater was on. She had at the time she had four heaters in, in each mm -hmm. corner of the room, and they were all set at ninety degrees. I was just dripping sweat. I'm in Down Dog. I'm next to my girlfriend. I look at her, and she looks at me. And she smiles like, "Hey, you love this." And I looked at her. And I said, "I fucking hate you." <laughs> and she yeah, I've had that exact laughing. thing happen to me. Only I was the one it was said to. <laughs> she busted out laughing. We ended up getting we we into class, and in Shavasana, I just couldn't stop crying, and I couldn't figure out why, you know. And and I was like, is it because I'm so hot? And and we get out of the class, and you know it's hot in there when you walk outside in August. Yeah, it feels balmy. Like, it's like oh, it's like air conditioning. It feels great out here. And I said it was fucking 360 degrees in that room, and. She's like, Lisa, it was 90. And I'm like, but they were, there was four heaters, and four times 90 is 360. So it was 360 degrees yeah. to me. And it felt 360, oh which my is gosh. all that matters. I've never experienced heat like that before. It was crazy. Yeah, I have, actually. I did the same thing in Charleston yeah. in June. And, um, yeah. Yeah, it was miserable. It was I, miserable. But I loved it. I, it was like, I, and it was detoxifying. Yeah. I felt... And the reason why I was crying was because all of my emotions were coming out in mm -hmm. yoga, and I had no idea. I mean, I, I would go in and do, you know, an hour on the treadmill or mm -hmm. Stairmaster or, or weight lift or lift weights, and never did I feel emotionally like, oh, this felt so good. So I was hooked. I was hooked. Yeah, and I also think, and now that you're saying this, it's, it's triggering a memory for me, which is that... There's something about being so uncomfortable in a hot yoga class that you're in your body and you can't get away from it. Exactly. You know, yeah. and that's when you were describing that to me. That's how I felt, and I don't think I was able to really get that clarity until you just spoke. Mm -hmm. Because I think, because that class was torture for me, and I, I couldn't even get comfortable in child's pose. There was right. nowhere that I could escape from the massive discomfort that heat was, you know, yeah. putting in my body. And so I was right there yeah. in every single thing in that class because I couldn't, there was nowhere else to go. Right. I was miserable. And so that is, I guess, one of the, if we're going to put a, you know, a smile on a frown, I guess if you, you really, when you're in that much discomfort, you have to be, you have, yeah. well, I mean, I guess you can disassociate, but I couldn't. No. Well, and I think you, I don't think you can disassociate. And I've only in the recent years have come to realize that being by myself, you know, when you're completely alone and you have, you start, your mind starts going in directions that you mm -hmm. don't want to go in. You don't have any escape. You have to deal with what, where your mind's going and bring yourself back to center. Mm -hmm. And that's scary because you have to, you have to deal with who you are. You have to deal with yourself. And that's a scary thing. It's a very scary thing. Yeah, I, I agree. That's what, The Body Keeps the Score. I don't mm -hmm. know if you've read that, but mm -hmm. it's one of my favorite books ever. It's required reading for um, our teacher training. Yep. Because I think that, um, that, you know, if you can be in this moment right now, you know, then it's you realize well, whatever happened in the past is in the past. Right. You can't change And you it. don't know what's coming. Right. But you have to exist in the present moment yep. to really feel that. That's exactly right. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I ended up... I cried every single session that mm -hmm. I took, um, and then... You must have been extremely dehydrated. <laughs> um, thankfully, I drink a lot of water. Thankfully. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, I just remember, I was, I remember after probably, I don't know, the 20th class, and I'm still just bawling in Shavasana, I was like, what is going on? And it, and it hit me that I needed this. This is what I needed to deal with my grief. And... And miraculously, my blood pressure started coming down back mm -hmm. to not so much normal limits, but at least 
controllable where I wasn't being threatened to be put on medication. Mm -hmm. So I literally say that yoga saved my life. Yeah, I feel the same way. And I don't know how people cannot do it. I know. Mine was yeah. a little different. It's funny, interesting. Mine was kind of the polar opposite story of yours where I had a severe back injury. My back went out when I was like 22. And um, it was really bad. Like I couldn't, I couldn't get out of bed. I couldn't stand. I was like at a 90 degree angle folding forward at the waist. I couldn't even lay down on the table to get x-rayed at the ER. Wow. And they referred me to physical therapy and they told me I had degenerative disc disease. I was like, I'm 22. Right. I had minor scoliosis in my low spine. And they were like, yeah, you're not going to be able to do I was a waitress at the time. They basically told me my life was over. And I walked out of physical therapy. I was like, because they put me on a, like a heating pad and said, lay here for a minute. We'll come do some exercises. And I was like, you know what? No, thanks. <laughs> no, thank you. Yeah. And I left. And um, my friend had been trying to get me to go to a yoga class. And I was super resistant. And I was like you. I was doing all these classes at the gym. And I was in great shape. And then this was just a big, fat brick wall. And I was like, well, I can't damn do anything else, so I'll go to the yoga class. And I was like, I'm not taking my socks off, and I'm not chanting anything weird. I had so much resistance to it. Um, and I don't know why. Like, I just did. I just thought it was weird. And I remember going in there, and after that very first class, I was hooked. Like, I remember walking out of there, and I was like, I need to do that all the time. Like, I felt two inches taller. I felt yeah. lighter, more relaxed. Um, and it just, it shocked me. Like it just shocked my system and I was hooked and I can't not do it. Mm -hmm. Um, it was really physical for me in the beginning. Um, and then over the years it's become the whole thing. You know, now it's like, I, it's like oxygen for me. I have to do it. Yeah. Um, and I don't, you know, and yeah. I understand that it may not be for everybody, but I still don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I, agree. I don't know how people survive without it. Well, and that's why I tell people, I'm like, they're like, oh, I can't do yoga. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you can. Do you breathe? You're doing yoga. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I think people have an image of like a, a like a Cirque du Soleil yoga Either practice. that or just laying down and stretching, mm -hmm. you know, like what I had, what yeah. my thought was. Well, and even med like if you say meditation, you might as well, I mean, like yeah, everybody's like, it, right. they know it's good for them and they, they're like, yep, nope. You know why? Because we can't quiet our minds. Yeah. With all this stuff going on in the outside world. Yeah, and the so. phones, everything's so instant. Like I'll catch yeah. myself, it's almost like a tick. Where I'll just pick up my phone, pick up my phone, and I'm uh -huh. like, what am I doing? Right. But it's like, we're used to everything being instant, quick, and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so I get it. Meditation's hard, but mm -hmm. I don't want to be a slave to my crazy monkey mind. Right. Exactly. <laughs> That's a great way to put it. <laughs> I don't. But if, I, if yeah. I'm not driving the bus, right. it will. It will. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So my next question for you is, um, tell me, so that you already kind of answered the next question, which is first yoga class. Um, cause you kind of told us about that. What was your first concert? First, uh, first concert was Devo. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> yeah. And I got really high from secondhand smoke. <laughs> That's hysterically yeah. Devo. Yeah. I, I was probably, I was 10th grade. I think I was 15 or 16 mm -hmm. and I don't even know how that came to be. I don't, I don't remember who I went with. I just remember uh -huh. being at the Devo concert. People were dressed in trash bags. Yeah, that's what they wore. You know, you know. That little and I remember like body slamming, and I left that concert, and I'm like, I feel like I'm high. And my friend, whoever I was with, I I think it was a group of people. They were like, "You are high, Lisa," because everybody around you were smoking pot. And I'm like, "Ah, oh. oh, the eighties, <laughs> you know, back in the so day, back in the day." Yeah. Yeah. So my first concert, I was younger than you. I was twelve, maybe okay. 11, 11, 12. Um, not counting the opera concerts, mom always used to take me to because she sold opera programs. But oh, my wow. first like real, I saw Elton John. 
I just saw him for the first time in 2019. Yeah, I saw him. He's amazing. And he, that, that was back when he was so flamboyant. Right, right. You know, I saw him at the Omni yeah. in Atlanta yeah. back in the day, and it was, it was really cool. And That's I remember cool. just there, here's what I remember about this. And it's interesting because I wasn't really attracted to energy a lot in yoga, the energy chakras now. I'm obsessed with it. But mm -hmm. it's, and it's weird because I think I've always been hyper aware of energy, but I don't know why I didn't, you know, you know how we're just, we have our little weird journey to wherever. Right. And I remember the energy of that concert. The energy was just so like, it almost was like tangible. Yeah. And I remember thinking, I want, I want to do this. That's cool. Like all the time. That's cool. And so, yeah, that was my first one. I went with my mom, and there was a streaker hanging from the ceiling, and she's trying to cover my eyes, and I'm like, Mommy's like a dot up there. I can't see crap. <laughs> all the dangling bits and all that. Yeah, he's way too far away. That's hysterical. No funny. Yeah. Only Elton, only Elton <laughs> John concert. Yeah. So tell me why you decided to do yoga teacher training. Um, because I loved how I felt in, after I took my 20th, 30th class, mm -hmm. and the studio I was involved with, PPY down in Lawrenceville, she she was the one that came from the other studio, and so she had just opened up, and she started, um, she did her first 200 hour, and we started September of 2018, mm -hmm. and I was the first class, so that was pretty cool. Me and my friend that got me you started. You were her firstborn. I was her firstborn. I was, we mm -hmm. were the OGs. Yes. <laughs> and it was great. Um, and I really, you know, it's, I don't know. I think I took it because I, I, I wasn't taking it to think I was going to teach yoga because I was like, oh, I can never teach yoga. Yeah. You put those yoga teachers on the pedestals. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't think I could even match up to that. So I really wanted to take it to learn more about yoga mm -hmm. and all the history of it mm -hmm. and just all the of layers, it. the depth. Yeah, There's all so of much it. to so it. Much. And so I took the sorry I signed up and took the course. We had it every Tuesday night. Mm -hmm. um, from we we had to it was mandatory that we took the six to seven class, and then at seven thirty we would go down in the basement and have seven thirty to nine every Tuesday, mm -hmm. and then every other or one week in a month it was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Mm -hmm. So it was a big commitment, you know. It is a big commitment. Right. I mean, it's two hundred hours, and right. usually you do a few over. Yeah, oh yeah. Um, yeah. And so, then I had to mentor her her program I had to mentor for well, it was really I think I mentored for six weeks, but it was really up to her and, and how you did and mm -hmm. how she felt you were coming along. And then she hired me. So that was my first teacher job. Mm -hmm. And it was awesome. And then I immediately went from that to wait a second, I love this so much, I wanna go on. So I took the three hundred hours starting in January of two thousand twenty. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, because I graduated in 2019, and in 2020 I started the 300 hour, mm -hmm. and took that at a different a different studio there in Atlanta because she couldn't operate yet. So, mm -hmm. in yeah. fact, I took it with her, with the owner of mm -hmm. my 200 teacher hour, my teacher there. I, her and I took it together, the 300. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of cool too. Yeah, so a little different journey. Yeah, see, I you my my experience <laughs> with that. I did my 200 hour back in um, 2004. Mm -hmm. And um, I had two little kids, and I was a little bit crazy to do it back then, but I did. And then I didn't take my 300-hour until, like, probably four years ago. So there was, like, years. It was yeah, probably, you know, and I just taught a lot. Yeah. Um, and it was interesting. I didn't think I wanted to do my 300-hour. Yeah. You know, I went back and forth about this whole, you know, what's it going to, you know, I don't know. I just had this story in my head of, do, is it really worth it, and blah, 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 blah. 
And anyway, long and short of it, when I opened the studio, I just kind of felt like, all right, I need to do this. You know, like I've been teaching at the same place 14 years. I'm probably a little stale. Like I need to just sort of push myself out of my comfort zone. And I took it and I freaking loved it. And yeah. I was like, well, what, what my resistance was to this, but I loved it. Yeah. And, you know, it was interesting going into it after having taught for so many years. You know, it's like it reminds you of the, it wasn't like I didn't know this, but it was just so fun to be around other teachers and the deeper dive into all the things. And it just reminded me how I love being a student of yoga. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't ever think I'll be like, oh yeah, I know it all. I figured it out. And, um, and being a studio, being a student, you know, um, was just, it was just really nice being a studio owner and teaching a lot of classes to just be like, I don't want this. (laughs) Yeah. I don't want to be the teacher right now. I just want to be the student. You tell me. Do you wish now that you had taken the 300 right after taking your 200? No. No? No, I don't. I think for me, um, I think for me having all that experience um, probably made me appreciate it more. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? So I think everybody's different. I know people who do 200, 300, back to back, boom, boom, boom. For me, I felt like if I didn't... I wanted to get the experience of teaching, comfortable teaching before I went back because I felt like if I didn't do it then, it's like, you know, it's like the, oh, I'm just going to keep studying, 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 I'm never going to do. Right. You know, and for me, I think I needed to be like, no, I'm going to put off, I'm going to actually start teaching and get a lot of experience. Yeah. yeah. And um, I also kind of wanted to develop my own style. Mm-hmm. I also wanted the time and space to do that before I jumped into a 300 hour. Um, and I wasn't sure like what would be attractive. Like I didn't realize that the 300 hour, at least the one I took, you could like pick which modules mm-hmm. you wanted to yeah, do. Same here. And it was so different from my 200 hour, which is very broad in general. And I don't think I really right. had wrapped my head around that. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, I was, I was glad I did it, um, that way, but I don't think there's any right or wrong way to do it for anybody. It just yeah. depends on where you're at. Person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I also think, um, you know, I wasn't, I was exhausted after my 200 hour. I remember I had two small kids and I was so tired at that point and drained yeah. that I don't think I had the bandwidth to do it again. Do you know I, mean? I wasn't hungry at that point right. for it. Right. Um, you and needed, I, you needed some time to chill, <laughs> let everything sink in. Yeah, yeah. I did. And yeah. I am, that, that's a good way of putting it. I needed, you know, I would even say more than chill, absorb. Absorb. You know what I mean? It's that it's so much information, mm-hmm. and I wanted time to absorb and play. And I took a lot of workshops in and around there. Yeah. Um, I just didn't do my three hundred hour. Yeah. Um, and of course I said I wouldn't, and I did. So I don't know. Do I feel like I need my a thousand hour at this point? No, yeah. but who knows? Maybe I'll change my mind. So tell me about the sports you, what sports did you do in high school? I did swimming. I was a big swimmer. You know, I think you told me, you know, my kids were swimmers. Yeah, I think we did talk it's about one of the that. Har- it's one of the hardest things. So I swam for like two or three years when I worked at the fitness center. Uh-huh. It's the most humbling thing I've ever done in my life. Yep. I mean, yep. By f- I, let me just tell you, I was, I played softball in high school. I was never a huge athlete, sports person. Yeah. But I, you know, did, you know, play with aerobics in the 80s and I was in you know mm-hmm. pretty good shape most of my life right. and that was one of those things where I was like holy mother of God <laughs> this yeah is... my youngest is a big swimmer and he mm-hmm. he, um, he actually went to state in high school so that was pretty cool but I was never really good like mm-hmm. I wasn't like he was and I just think it was I just dabbled in like I, I ran track 
mm. until I had a big injury with my knee, and that was a, that was a yeah. Out. Running was my least favorite thing on the planet. Still is, Lisa. Is it? <laughs> I yeah. love to run. I, well, I shouldn't say I love to run. That's lying. Um, I like to run. Mm -hmm. I like I like because it. I feel like it. It's a release for me. Mm -hmm. um, but my knees don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> so. I mean, short distances, sprints, or something like that. Okay. Right. And that's what I was on track until I had a very um, humiliating experience um, in a warm-up before a meet. Mm -hmm. um, I, <laughs> we were doing warm-ups for the 50, and um, I took off running, and halfway through, I stumbled over my feet, and I literally skidded along the track and finished, went across the finish line on my knees. And yeah, you can see my kneecap. It was pretty bad. It was an ugly, ugly injury. So okay, yeah. That stopped the whole track mm -hmm. for me. But that's okay. Okay. Yeah, I had some epic injuries like that too. And there's something about seeing the inside of your body. Uh, well, you know what's funny is I actually. This is gonna sound really weird, and please don't think I'm crazy. But I, I enjoyed it. I thought that was cool. I was like. That's my kneecap. That's cool. I was like enthralled with that. So that gave me the incentive to, I need to go into some kind of sports medicine. So I became the sports doc, as they called it. They didn't have trainers in mm -hmm. high school back in the 80s yeah. um, for the soccer team. And I absolutely enjoyed that. I love that. And I so think I'd feel a little bit differently if it was someone else's kneecap. I don't know. I just thought it was really cool. And so, and well, my mom's a nurse. Yeah. So that kind of runs. I agree with you. I think anatomy and physiology is cool, but yes, that that just says that. <laughs> I think yeah. I don't know if looking at my own kneecap would make me. But I know I agree. I see what you're saying is the just understanding what's under the skin, the bones, the muscles, the ligaments, the attachments, how they work. I do think that's cool. Yeah. I remember my first anatomy class in college. And I'm, I had to do a, um, we had cadavers and we had to do mm -hmm. dissection. Yep. And I was like, I wanted to be in there 24-7. I was mm -hmm. like, just give me that lap, give me that lap. I just thought it was so cool. So just to see the muscles and the tendons and the bones, and it was just, it was pretty cool. So, yeah, I think that stuff's cool too. Yeah. I totally agree with you. Yeah. Um, so you were just pretty, <coughs> excuse me, pretty athletic mm -hmm. through high school. And what about college? Um, nope, I did not. I was I went into athletic training in college, so mm -hmm. I was working with athletes. Okay. So I didn't do any kind of. I mean, I did intramural stuff. Like I, I loved intramural football. <laughs> we had yeah. so much fun with that. But as far as anything, I didn't know. I was not an athlete per se. I right. just enjoyed playing sports. And stuff. Yeah. Well, I do think it's cool though, because my so my son um, was a swimmer. He had, he went to state too and actually won. Oh, good for him. And he swam for Cleveland State. And, um, you know, the trainers and all those people around, that's like a really cool thing to have. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. When you're, you know, competing. I think it's definitely needed, especially now, because everything's so competitive. Yes. Yeah, and there is such a higher level. Like, the athletes in high school now are not like they were when we were in high school. Oh, no, there's no fun. Mm -hmm. There's no fun to be had. Nobody does anything. Sorry for the noise. I'm grabbing a mint because <laughs> I don't want to start a big coughing fit. Um <clears throat> No, I agree. I mean, when I was in high school, like, very few people thought about a scholarship yeah. to play in college. It wasn't even anybody's radar. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just was There wasn't pressure from our parents. Right. There wasn't this feeling of, oh, you know, it, and yeah. the, let me just say there was no academic pressure either. Uh, it was like, just graduate and, you know, go forth and be independent and that kind of thing. Right. Um, but, you know, I think the the 
support of the trainers and all that, that, that what my son had in college is, um, was really cool, mm -hmm. you know, because he learned a lot from them. Yeah. Yeah. And their sole job was to keep him healthy. Right. You know, so I think that's kind of neat. Yeah. It was, I loved it. It was fun. It was very time consuming. You cannot be a mm -hmm. trainer and expect to have a family. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's kind of why I got out of it. When I got pregnant, I was like, I can't do this. I can't yeah. be on my feet from six in the morning until midnight. It's just... It's oh, wow. I didn't realize it was that big of a time commitment. Well, because I worked at the clinic. Mm -hmm. I would see patients in the morning. I would start at 7, 6.37. Mm -hmm. And then, and depending on the high schools I had, sometimes I'd have to go in the morning to the high school. Because you'd have having, to go when they were off. Right. Well, and I'd have to go, like, your swimmers would have early morning practice sometimes. So I'd have to go and make sure everybody was okay. Mm -hmm. And then, so I'd be at the pool by 6 clinic by 7.30, see patients until 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock when school got out, go back to the high school for whatever practices was going on, and if we had games, then it was like the games would be till you wouldn't get back till midnight, basically. So it was, wow. it was a long, long So you had, you time. were, because I thought, like, I guess you did every sport that they had, so it was like yes. you were the I had a high school, I was assigned to, I had two high schools, and I was assigned okay. to two high schools, so I would be... And we would try to make it where it was high schools that were close to each other because you mm -hmm. can't be two places at once, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, so, yes, I would be at the high school either in the morning, depending on the season, wow. but I would have all the sports. Wow. Yeah. That does sound like a lot. I can see why. It was, but I loved it. I mean, it was fun. Uh -huh. I got asked for the prom. <laughs> okay, that's really sweet. Yeah, I was like 20, let's see, 25. That's really sweet. Yeah, by a senior at, at Cross Keys High School, it's no longer Cross Keys, but yeah, I was like, and I felt horrible because, you know, I can't say yes. Yeah, no. <laughs> no, that's horrible. frowned upon yes. and might even be illegal. <laughs> he was 18. <laughs> yeah, okay, thank but you. still. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's really funny. I love that story. Funny. So what's your earliest childhood memory? I remember you asking Jake this when I was listening to your podcast, and I said, I know exactly what mine is. We had a house in um, Lawrence, Lawrence, Kansas. So I was born in Alaska, lived there for nine months, moved to Lawrence, Kansas, lived there for five years. My first memory is in Lawrence. Mm -hmm. And my mom says, I don't think you remember that, but I do remember that. And because she would tell me the story, but we had a basement like everybody does in Kansas because of tornadoes. And I remember being down there. I would play down there all the time. My mom, the washer and dryer was down there and my mom would always go down and be doing, doing laundry and I'd be down there with her. I was probably... I don't know, three or four, mm -hmm. and I remember playing, and I was the kid that got into trouble all the time, push the buttons kind of thing, and I was, I don't know what possessed me, but I stuck my hand into the furnace that was down there, and I was just, I don't know, I don't know what I was doing, I just put it in there, and my mom turned to see what I was doing, saw my hand was in the furnace, came out and grabbed it, and as soon as she grabbed it back, the furnace came on. So I literally would have probably lost a hand or an arm. And I, that's my earliest memory. I have that and then making mud pies on our dead end street mm -hmm. you know, on a big rock. But, um, but yeah, so I, don't, I have no idea why that stuck in my head. But I, I do. It. <laughs> it sounds like, well, you probably on some level felt your mom's fear. Probably. And anxiety. Yeah. And just, yeah, so especially I... Especially being a mom, it's like, now, you know, I'm like, oh my God, you know, I can't imagine yeah. what she must have done. And your mom probably was, like, upset, and, you know, you probably, on yeah. some level, recognized, uh-oh, right. I really goofed, or I really messed up. Yeah. <laughs> my earliest memory, funny <laughs> enough, is, I guess I was two. Wow. Two or three. 
And my mom, I was at my grandmother's, and I guess um, it was my birthday. And my dad and my mom came to get me at my grandmother's. She lived like 45 minutes away. And they were going to take me back to the house where I grew up for like a birthday party. And I guess they woke me up out of a nap, and I was like hell on wheels. I was just, you know what I mean? The, ma the moral of the story is don't wake me up from a nap. Right. And I remember my dad being like, should we just spank her before we even put her in the car? Like, and apparently I like never recovered. Like there's a picture from that birthday party, and this is what I remember. There's, I guess they had all these little kids there, and this little kid is riding my brand new tricycle. And I remember trying to jump on the back of him and strangle him. And there's a picture of my mom holding me like under the arms, and I'm kind of going limp. And we're looking at the camera, my mom's trying to smile, and you can just tell, I don't know, I had this funny look on my face. And you'd never know that briefly before that, I literally was trying to like, like bring him into a headlock and like strangle him. And so that is my earliest memory, is just being at like that birthday party and being super pissed. Like being in a bad mood and not really understanding why. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, good times. You know, isn't that funny? It is funny. And I mean, and that picture just kind of jogged mm -hmm. that whole memory looking back at it. So if you could take any yoga teacher's class, anybody alive or dead, whose class would you take? Oh, wow. That's a hard question. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Probably, I would let probably the founder of yoga <laughs> mm -hmm. take his class. You know, right. I think. It, of course, I think his was was. Um, well, I mean, meditation he, and yeah. Know, I mean, they sutras. When you look at Patanjali, he yeah, didn't really talk much Patanjali, about the physical right. practice. Right. Um, yeah, you know, I used to say Krishnamacharya, but now I think it's more Desikachar is who I would take. Okay. Just because he had such a there, I mean, er, in my early career, probably Krishnamacharya, but now Desikachar because he had such a more therapeutic application of it. So I guess it depends probably on the day or, yeah. you know, whatever. And what you're in the mood for. Exactly. Yes, it would depend on what I'm in the mood for, sure. Yeah. Um, but I always found that an interesting question. It is an interesting because, question. Because... Um, I never actually thought about it. Uh-huh. No? Yeah. And the thing is, is there are some people who, you know, there's maybe a current teacher that you, you know, or somebody more current that you like. Yeah. But for me... I know who I wouldn't want to take. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm right there with you. Um, so what's your favorite yoga style to teach or take? Um, gosh, that's a hard one too because I like so many. Um, and again, it depends on depends on what my body's needing. Mm -hmm. You know, like yep. this morning, I haven't done my own practice in a few days and I can tell. Mm -hmm. and so this morning I was like, I'm going to log on to, because I'm still, I still, am, I get to go on PPY. They mm -hmm. have an online and so I went on there and today and, and took a, a hot power flow. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this is what I needed, you know. But there's days where I'm like, I just, I want to sweat and I want to do mm -hmm. with weights. Because like the, the flow and tone, kind of what I teach sometimes. Mm -hmm. A bar, a good a good hype bar sometimes mm -hmm. is what I need. It just depends. Yeah. You know? No, me too. I, I would kind of agree with you. I mean, I am, just because I sort of, you know, my early, I don't know, when I kind of really fell in love with yoga, it was more the the vinyasa style, you know, mm -hmm. the flow vinyasa, you know, that's, and I like a very, um, I, I just like a watery fluid, almost, I don't want to say feminine maybe, but I, and that's just coming out of the Asheville Yoga Center, you know, that style of yoga to me, it wasn't like a real masculine power flow, I mean, sure they have Ashtanga, but I like the watery fluid sort of, it's almost like you're, 
it's like they're weaving a tapestry and everything sort yeah. of flows into the next and that's kind of what I needed this morning and mm-hmm. that's what I got and yeah just, oh. that's that's my yeah. fave fave my traditional fave yeah. but now my favorite is flowing in mm. or flowing ground because I need movement before I can be still I used to hate yin. It was torture for me. And now um, I'm recognizing that a little bit of yin will not kill me. Right. Or a little bit of longer holds or grounding is fine. Yeah. Um, an hour of yin is, you know, an hour of torture for me. But um, but a flow in yin is kind of my sweet spot where I've got some movement and some stillness. I like a little bit of, yeah. you know, that mix. Yeah. Um, so who or what inspires you? Um, just in general? Yeah. It could be any person, anything, any what. It can be just whatever. Um, my son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Just gonna leave it there. Okay. <laughs> yes. Do you? Can you tell me his name? Destin. Destin. Mm-hmm. So, your bucket list travel destination. What's on that? Ooh, so many places. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How long we got? <laughs> Um, all right, just name five then. Okay, Bora Bora. Mm-hmm. Somewhere in Italy. I don't care where. Mm-hmm. Just Italy in general. Um, believe it or not, Hawaii. Well, I used to say Hawaii. I don't think it's there anymore. Just, I just, I don't know. But anywhere, I, I did, um, there's an island. It's got like 600 people. Mm-hmm. And it starts with a P. I just saw it on the, uh, we were watching... I don't even know what I was watching, National Geographic or something. Pictarn? Okay. It's in the Pacific. Okay. And it takes like two days to get there because mm-hmm. there's only so many flights that go into it. And I, I was like, I want to go there. Like, I want to live there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so that's number three. Um, Australia. Yeah, that's on mine. New Zealand, mm-hmm. Australia is mm-hmm. for sure on mine. And then um, probably... Hmm. I want to go back to Alaska. I, you know, it's funny. I'm not attracted to cruises. Yeah. But I've heard if you're going to do a cruise, a cruise around Alaska is the one to do. It is. Because there mm-hmm. are things that you can only see by boat. Right. In and around you Alaska. You can do a, 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 a cru- Alaska cruise and a land cruise, which is what my parents did. Mm-hmm. And they did both, which was, that's the way to go. Because you do a train through the, the, the terrain mm-hmm. of Alaska, and then you do, you also do the cruise. So mm-hmm. it's like the best of both worlds. Yeah. yeah. I don't, so how long did your, like, the days where they have, like, the way, sometimes, like, it's light all day and there's yep. no dark. My I, mother would tell me, because I don't remember I was a baby, but mm-hmm. my mother would tell me she would have to put, because I was born in October, mm-hmm. and so um, it was dark all the time. And when I mean dark, like, she worked, she worked for a doctor's office, mm-hmm. and so she, when, like, the days were kind of like a dusk. That's yeah. what she said. It wasn't like completely dark. So people yeah. think, oh, it's dark 24-7. No, it's it's like a dusk. Okay. Like it doesn't, almost like Seattle when it's rainy all the time. That's yeah. kind of what it was. Like hazy. Yeah. Yeah. But mm-hmm. it not, I mean, you really couldn't see the sun. Yeah. It was like it was covered. Um, and then the summertime, she mm-hmm. said, because we moved, I was born in October. We moved in the summer. And she said that she remembers having to put foil on our windows because at night, like at midnight, it's like dusk again. It's, mm-hmm. It never got totally dark. Did she ever get used to that? Is that something she could have ever gotten used to? Well, she was there because my sister was six years older than me. So she was there for mm, probably eight years. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, she got used to it. I guess you kind of have to. But um, 
She didn't like it. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I mean, you, you don't, you have to, I guess, if you're stuck you there, adjust, if your job right, is there. Right. But I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think I could do it. Yeah, I don't think I could. I you know, your that. circadian rhythm is so important. Yes. And it would be, if you grew up in Alaska, I think that would be different. Right. But I think trying to, to um, adjust. Yeah, I think that'd be really I mean, fun. I have a hard time when we change the clocks. Me too. <laughs> yeah. Me too. Yeah. That one little hour. When, mm -hmm. You know, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. It totally screws me up. Yeah. So I think that would be hard. Yeah. All right. So did you, and that was all of them? Um, yeah, that was five. You said five. Okay. Yeah, that was five. <laughs> um, so funniest or most embarrassing teaching story and then taking a class story? Um, let's see. Probably the, um, I had <laughs> teaching, um, I had a student who, farted extremely loud mm -hmm. it, was, it was shortly after I started teaching it so yep. I was fairly new uh -huh. and I just you know I obviously just went over it and not a big deal and um and that's kind of been a joke with our with our studio because mm -hmm. a lot of I had some teachers that were in there and um, it wasn't a teacher it was an actual student mm -hmm. um and it was just, it was funny. Because, you know, being a new teacher, I was like, what do you do? You know, nothing. Nothing. All kind of things can happen. Absolutely. Yeah. Attic, basement. <laughs> <laughs> you know, emotional releases come in weird ways. Some uh -huh. people can start hysterically laughing. I've had that, too. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, you know, yes, that's all you do is just keep going. Yeah, you just keep going. Moving yeah. on. Yeah. And then what about taking a class? Go, um, do that. Um, no. I don't really recall anything. Okay. Being a student. I, the only thing I do recall, and it wasn't, and I wouldn't say it was an embarrassing moment, but I felt bad for the teacher when it was during Shavasana and somebody was so loud with her drink. Like she, she wasn't in Shavasana, obviously. She was drinking and then moving around and mm -hmm. it was annoying to everybody. Mm -hmm. And then she got up and left and the teacher, super sweet Emily, I love her to death, She's just like, well, you know, quiet, mm -hmm. and she, she kind of, it wasn't mean to her, but she told her, you know, we don't do this in Shavasana, I kind of think. She took her outside and talked to her, mm -hmm. but um, I feel bad for her, so, you know. Yeah, I mean, I had to, yes, we've all had to do that, and I used to have a rule at my classes where if you're not staying for Shavasana, you leave before Shavasana starts. Right. You don't start getting your stuff together and being loud. That was the only thing I was really, like, anal about. Yeah. Like, if me someone too. came late, it didn't bother me. <clears throat> yeah. As long as they came in quietly and got on their mats. But it was like people who left her. And I would even say, I got to where I had to say quarter tail. If you're not staying for Shavasana, go ahead and head on out of here now. Yeah. You know, so you're missing the best part, but right. you right. do you. And I, I cue it by saying, um, you know, I'll cue into Shavasana and I'll say, I will let you know when it's time to get up. Mm -hmm. And I learned that from Emily, <laughs> the mm -hmm. teacher that had that happen. She said, because she would have... She had that happen to her all the time. And oh, she, yeah. But I finally had to say, I'll let you know when it's time to get up so that yeah. at least they would know. Well, I, I think it doesn't matter. People it that can't matter. be still don't want to be still. Yeah. And they're just fidgety, fidgety, fidgety. I, I've it's even, amazing how many people can't. Yeah. I've even it's said really stillness amazing. is a discipline. It is. Like the urge to, you know, but it doesn't. Yeah. Like, I know it's hard. Yeah. I mean, I get it's hard, but right. it's doable. Yeah. I used to literally, I would have people... Who I would just nail their asses to the floor with like every, you know what I mean? Like I'd get every sandbag I had. Blankets. And I'd be like, if you're going to fidget, I'm going to make it really hard for you to fidget. Yeah. So I'm going to slap, you know, everything I can think of. And I'm telling you, it did work. Yeah. For some people. <laughs> Not funny. Um, so what's your least favorite style of yoga and why? Um, my least and keep in mind, favorite. it doesn't mean that it's bad. Right. 
Because I look at yoga as medicine oh, yeah. and dessert. Yeah, that's what so what do I love? What jazzes me? And yeah. then what do I not love? I still, you know, I still love it all. But yeah. there are certain styles, as I mentioned, yin, that is more. And restorative. The first time I could restorative, I was like, what? I was just going to say restorative. I'm not. We were I, rolling around the farm pillows. What is the, and then 30 minutes in, I felt my whole nervous system go, dunk. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. And, and I think, again, it has to be, I think I, I pretty much enjoy all styles just depends on what my body's craving yeah I don't I don't like search out and look for a restorative class mm -hmm. but I'll do restorative at home when I feel like I need to yeah and I probably should do it more often but I just you know mm -hmm. I like I like the movement I like to move I, just... I like to move too and I'm definitely a mover mm -hmm. um, but I will say once I've moved if I get into a pose and hold it longer I'm just, it's so much better for me. Do you yeah. know what I'm saying? Because that's where I work on the stillness piece. Mm -hmm. You know, because it's so tempting to fidget and move and, oh, this hurts and blah. But if I've moved enough, yeah. then I'm really in a better place mentally to be still than if I didn't have all the movement. Right. I'm not crazy about Bikram either. I don't, yeah. I don't like that whole military style. No, <laughs> I, I, on, on any level. No, yeah. I'm with you. The I, And that's part of one of the things just... Just any yoga style that has this philosophy of right and wrong, black and white, this yeah. is the way it has to be, this is the right way, this is the wrong way, is not attractive to me. No, me neither. So that always yeah. just kind of turns me off. Mm -hmm. You know, because mm -hmm. I think the idea that, you know, that that there is a right way to do it, it doesn't make sense to me. We're not all built the same way. Our anatomy is not the same. Our history of injuries is not the same. So that I just never understood that. Right. No, I, I agree. I haven't either. I so, care. yeah, I'm with and you. And it's funny because I think now now the Bikram styles mm -hmm. are becoming more relaxed. It's not like original well, Bikram. Because, you know, he's yeah, fled no. the country. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so there's that. Right. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I... Look, people are... Your type A's and are attracted to the... You know, it's the same everywhere you go. Mm -hmm. It never changes, and it's very. Um, to me, Bikram feels very masculine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a very yeah. masculine, like militaristic, authoritative. Like, yes, mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, some people like that. Right. They love that. They crave that. And they, yeah. you know, there's a lot of yoga styles that are similar to that. And it just. Um, I mean, it's I try to. It's funny that you say Type A personality because I am a Type A, mm -hmm. but with yoga, I'm not. Yeah, <laughs> it's so funny. It's like it. Totally yeah, because you want something me. different from yoga. Yeah, you know, because yeah. I I'm, I have t a lot of type A tendencies too, mm -hmm. but interestingly enough, I was not attracted to that. Any, any there was an Iyengar class, a couple of those I've taken, where it was very much like that, and I just wasn't. Now I've taken some that were great. It just depends on who's teaching. Right. But any class that feels like this is the way it's done, and it's I my friend told me a great story about being at the Bikram Studio in Asheville. And she wanted to do the tree pose with the arms overhead. You know, they don't do that in Bikram or they do something different. Or she wanted to do something different than, and they like, the woman called her out. No, that's not how we do it in here. And she's like, all right, well, I feel like doing it now. Nope, that's not, I mean, like literally had an argument with her in wow. front of the class. And she's like, really? <laughs> well, one of my students had, we were talking about Bikram when I was teaching back in Atlanta. Uh -huh. And one of my students was telling me that she was in a Bikram class in downtown Atlanta, which was true following the Bikram, mm -hmm. you know. And she went to go get a glass, like, to get her water bottle. And she got yelled at. Said, I will tell you when it's time to get water. And I was like, I'm sorry, no. Yeah, nope, nope. <laughs> nope, not See me. ya. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. 
It is crazy. Like, you're not, and that's the thing, is like that, it's almost like, a, a, not even a guru, but it's almost no, like it's this like, cultish feel where yes, it's control. like, yeah, control you. Yeah. yeah. I remember being in there and they were like, you know, you may feel the urge to leave and you may feel like nauseous and sick, but don't leave, you know, stay through it, breathe through it. And I'm like, if I feel like I'm going to barf, yeah. I'm not staying in here. Or if you always say, I'm coming up to you and I'm yeah, on your mat. <laughs> exactly. How about on your feet? <laughs> yeah. Even better. Exactly. I'm going to make sure that's the gift that keeps on giving. Right. <laughs> I just remember being in one of the Bikram classes and the person teaching is walking around the room with like one of the Britney Spears headsets on and just walking around. And we were in some pose like dancer. And it was like, and deeper. <laughs> and deeper. <laughs> And deeper, and I was like, if you say deeper one more time, I'm gonna throat punch you. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? I'm gonna give you deeper. I mean, yes, I'm gonna give you, it's exactly, the deeper is gonna be my fist down your throat. And I just thought to myself, like, it just felt so, ooh, like yeah. yucky, yeah. you know? Because deeper isn't always better. No. It no. wasn't, hey, be careful with your body, see how this feels. Do I wonder it. how many people have gotten injured. Oh, a ton. It has to be. A ton. There's yeah. a ton of injuries, and, and Ashtanga too. Ashtanga has I mean, a they sign a waiver before they take a class? Well, here's what's interesting is, like, I watched that Vikram documentary, and the Kool-Aid drinkers will never blame him. You know, oh, yeah. it was my fault. I, yeah. you know. I saw that documentary, too. Yeah, and, and, and any anything where people are like, like, I know a lot of people, and I'm not bashing CrossFit, because I think CrossFit's fine, but I know several people who got hurt. Oh, oh what yeah. a CrossFit. Oh, yeah. what a CrossFit. Mm -hmm. No, I just wasn't, you know. In other words, if you love something, you feel like you can't, you right. know what I mean? Right, you gotta protect it. Yeah. yeah, and so a lot of the people that are, you know, in and around some of those styles of yoga where they got hurt, they don't want to yeah. blame it on that, and they are just, you know, nope, it wasn't that. It yeah. was something else. And that's just how they feel about it. Um, so if you had the, if you could design the ideal or perfect day, describe that for me. Mm -hmm. uh, watching the sunrise mm -hmm. over the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because I actually had a day like this when I lived in California. Mm -hmm. You could watch, you could be at the mountain, you could be at the the beach and then be at the mountains like mm -hmm. a couple hours later. It's the only place I know in the United States that you can do that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, watching the sunrise, um, doing yoga on the beach, mm -hmm. and then um, having some a nice breakfast on the stay on the beach until maybe noontime. And then leaving the leaving the beach and drive along the coast and head to the mountains where you're there for your sunset and having maybe some wine, a little yoga on the sun on a mountain mm -hmm. in the sunset. That's just to me. That's just like and then being able to stay out the mountain and watch the stars mm -hmm. and just engulf yourself in the universe. Yeah, I am a beach and a mountain person too, you know, but I tend to like the beach when it's not super hot. Yeah, that's why you, know. you leave by noon. <laughs> yeah, you leave by noon and then, yeah, I, you know, and there are, I've been to Puerto Vallarta in Mexico, mm -hmm. which is beach and mountains. Right. Um, and that is, there are not many places like that where you get both. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Yeah, I, I will tell you, I'm not so much a sunrise watcher person because I'm half dead in the morning. You know, um, I'm not either, but when I'm at the beach, mm -hmm. I can, I can... I can be at the beach for that sunrise. Mm -hmm. you know, in fact, I've actually slept on the beach before and been able to watch the sunrise, which is absolutely mm -hmm. gorgeous. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, my friend had a place in, has actually, they just rebuilt it in Mexico City Beach, you know, right down um, in the Panhandle. Yeah. Near Tyndall Air Force Base. Mm -hmm. It was obliterated when the hurricane came through. Uh, yeah. And they were just rebuilding. But that those are some of the most gorgeous sunsets I've ever seen in my life. It looks like you're at the end of the earth. Yes. 
you know, and she has a lot of pictures. And her husband took this incredible picture of this guy jumping off the pier right at sunset. It's one of the coolest pictures she had it framed in her old house. And I don't know, I hope they do it again, cool. you know, because it kind of got lost in the house. But that that's one of the prettiest places I've ever seen a yeah. sunset. I don't know what it is about that spot, but it's just gorgeous. That's cool. It is cool. Very cool. Yeah, your ideal your ideal day would be up there for me too. Yeah. <laughs> um. So if you could spend a day in someone else's body, who would it be, and what would you do? Hmm. Someone else's body. Yeah. See, I totally said man. <laughs> I just want to see what that's like. God, I don't. You don't? No. No, I would. I, I had two boys, and yeah, yeah I've, I've seen, I feel like I've already spent my days in a man's Yeah, well, I had two boys, too, and, you know, it's, yes. Yeah, no. Um, gosh, I don't know. Um, hmm. I honestly can't answer that. I, I, I'm sitting here thinking about my, my bodybuilding, mm -hmm. that world, but I've been in that world, so. Yeah. Hmm. Probably, I don't know, a gymnast. Yeah, an Olympic. Yes. I, that, that would be my other choice. Is somebody who's an elite level athlete. Yes, like Simone um, Biles or like a yeah. I would think gymnast or for me, it'd be dancer. Okay. I think dancers yeah. are the way they move is incredible. Yeah. Um, I took it for one whole day and got in the car. <laughs> I was like, no. <laughs> Because, you know, I was just too old. Those girls have been doing it for forever, and I right. felt like a buffalo. I mean, I literally remember feeling like a buffalo in yeah. that room um, and just being like, mm, mm And it's too bad because I think – I don't think I would have ever been a great dancer. Yeah. Um, but I think it would have um, – I think it would have been cool to have that muscle memory of what it's like to, you know what I'm saying, be able to dance and move like right. that. Because, I mean, there are a lot of people who maybe weren't professional dancers, but still have... You, I can tell when a dancer oh, walks into tell. my yeah. yoga class, I can tell. Yeah, same thing as a gymnast. Mm -hmm. you know, my daughter was a gymnast for years. Uh -huh. And, of course, I had... She's my firstborn, so I had all these, you know, visions of her being an Olympic gymnast. Mm -hmm. And it's like, I was fooling myself. But um, couldn't afford to do that anyway. And oh, my gosh. Right Look, it'll rule your life. Oh, yeah. You know, and then yeah, never mind, crazy. you have some other kids. Right. Exactly. You know, I yeah. mean... Which they all spent their times at the gym. Yep. Well, it's a good old. thing both my kids swam because yeah. they were both going to be there anyway. Right. But, um, but yeah, I just, I remember in, when she got out of gymnastics, right, when she got into high school, because she was in the, in the upper level of it, mm -hmm. um, she went to Kennesaw State University yeah. and got into the gymna gymnastics team there, which was so cool to watch her go back to it and watch her, like, muscle memory. She could do something. Mm -hmm. She could still do her back handspring. I'm like... That's so cool. You've been out of it for four well, years. Well, that's what I mean. You know? that yeah. you're, that's exactly my point, is yeah. even having danced, I would always, even if I wasn't any good at it and I only did it for like, you know, three or four years, right. I would still have the muscle memory of how to move like a dancer. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, I think um, the way they move, their tiny little muscle control, there's a, mm -hmm. a grace, a fluidity. That's something that I'm envious of. And yeah. I think if you've ever done it, mm -hmm. you're, you still remember it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it comes yeah. right back to you. Right. Kind of like riding a bike. Yeah. Or doing yoga. <laughs> or doing yoga. Something like that. Exactly. Um, so, anything else you kind of want to end with? Because I think we're about done here with um, everything. Just, you know, if anybody out there is listening that has been toying with the fact of trying to do yoga, maybe mm -hmm. it's something that might be interesting to you, mm -hmm. just do it. Just do it. What do you got to lose, you know? Yeah. And 
if anybody's out there that does yoga and is considering teacher training, even if you don't know if you want to teach, I didn't think I'd want to teach, mm -hmm. and now I'm like sucked into it. Um, but you learn so much, and yeah. it's real. You can't. You, I'll never know everything about yoga. I'm always going to constantly be learning, which is why I love that mm -hmm. particular, the whole thing about yoga. Yeah. You can't call it a sport. What do you call it? I call it a discipline. A practice, a discipline? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You, I, everybody has different names for it, but I think of it yeah. as a discipline. Yeah. And it, it, it truly is. It truly um, is. And it's a discipline you can bring to anything you do. And it'll change your life. Mm -hmm. and save mine and change mine completely. Mm -hmm. So I never thought in a million years I'd be in that. Well, and that, I'm glad you mentioned that to wrap up because I hear all the time, you know, from people who are like, you know, they have this idea that, you know, yoga teachers just pop out of the womb and they're just doing, you know, mm -hmm. down, you know what I mean? Like everybody yeah. is intimidated to try something new mm -hmm. and to do something. You know, I, my first, that's why I like to talk about the first yoga class because it's, we're all going into it like, what have we gotten ourselves into? What's going to happen here? Right, right. You know, and then some people take their first yoga class and they don't do another one for five years. Yeah. You know, some people, I was immediately like, I'm, I have to do this all the time. I'm hooked and I can't get away from it. If I don't do it, my body starts falling apart and I just end up like a crazy person. Um, but I think it's important to hear that, you know, it's, it, if you're attracted to it but you're intimidated or you're curious mm -hmm. but you think, oh, it's not for me, I just tell, give it at least like a couple of months. Yeah. You know, you got to give it more than just one class. Yes. And give it more than just one teacher that you take yeah. it from. Yeah. Because it's like Everything Cinderella and the slipper. Uh -huh. You know, the first teacher may not fit your foot or it may not fit your whatever. Right. But also, I will say that a lot of times what you don't like is what you need. This is true. This is you know, true. Um, and they, I do, I, I've always heard too that when you're in a pose, and I see memes on this all the time that the pose doesn't start until you want to get out of it. Mm -hmm. And that, is, that happened to me this morning. I was mm -hmm. in, I was in a, a crescent pose and I was getting as deep as I could get. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to get out of it. And I'm like, nope, it's not starting until now. Yeah. <laughs> so, it's so true. Yeah. yeah. That's why yin's so good. Mm -hmm. yeah. 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 I agree. Um, so yeah, I love what you said. I think that's absolutely true. And I, we have a lot of people come into our teacher training that say they don't want to teach and they change their mind. And then we have some who don't. Yeah. They're like, I did it for myself and I, mm -hmm. I came through this. And I still don't. So there's no right or wrong reason. People, I've heard people say, oh, well, I don't want to do it if I'm not going to teach because then it's a waste of money. And it's not no, a waste it's of not. money. It's probably the best investment you'll ever make. Well, it was for me. It was for me, too. You know, it was life-changing for me. I loved it. Yeah. Um, and even if I hadn't decided to teach, I, would have, I wouldn't have felt at all. Right. Like it was a waste of time and money. Yeah. Because um, to me, the 200, it was a deep dive into the self, mm -hmm. into learning about your own body, yourself. Um, I learned a lot about myself, and I learned a lot about yoga, right. which really is, you know, kind of, what is that quote, through the self? You know, there's a great quote somebody has, yoga is going um, through the body to the self. I don't know. I'm going to mangle it. I'm going to get into it. But I love that quote. I think it's great. Yeah. Well, thank you for joining me today, Thank Lisa. you so much for inviting me, Jay. Yeah. Really it was nice fun. Yep. Yes. So thanks for joining us on Namaste Real, and we'll see you guys next time. Bye. Bye.